Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Doug Gottlieb, Jeff Schwartz. In for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. And um, we did get a chance to see a very, very entertaining, very entertaining uh, Monday night football game in which the Washington Commanders uh, finally ended the streak of consecutive preseason games won by the Baltimore Ravens. It did become a thing. It was a good drinking game last night, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and, of course, it was a celebration of the new ownership of of the Washington Commanders. Um, there, there's also an announcement of the new uh, Undisputed I want to get into. And then there's college football on the horizon. You mind if we start with the new Undisputed? I know we want to talk college football. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so was it officially announced today, Jay Stu, or is that just leaked by whoever covers TV and radio, that sort of thing? Oh, no, it was made official. Uh, Michael Irvin will be joining the show. Okay, so the playmaker leaves ESPN, and is he? What, what's his status with the NFL Network? Because that was like Let me effort put, that. put I... on pause because of the accusations of the Super Bowl, but then there's video where it doesn't appear to be any sort of substance to the accusations or whatever. Anyway, Mike Orvin coming over to be on Undisputed. They're going to have Mike Orvin, Richard Sherman, Lil Wayne, and Keyshawn Johnson. Yes, and, I think and, so. And then Rachel Nichols, is she going to be the host? Is that the idea? She's going to be there every day. So there was some question about whether or not she'd be a debater. She'll be somehow involved. Um, uh, I'm just, again... I know we all it's there's a little bit of guilty pleasure to it, right? And a little bit of hate liking to it. People like to say, I don't watch that stuff. I don't like, but you clearly do because they make a lot of money. So somebody's <laughs> watching. What do you think? So I I don't sit down 
at the TV and watch a lot of these shows. Sure. I just don't have the opportunity. But would you have, but would you have it social, on the background? Or but, the, but the social media clips obviously go very viral. Mm-hmm. And I think the cast of crew they have will end up make, having that effect where the things that are being said by those individuals who have big personalities, that's, that's what it's about, right? Big personalities. Uh, it'll go viral. The, the clips of, of them arguing um, will end up you know, having people react and, and having people acknowledge what they say. And that's the most important part of these shows. I, I'm the little Wayne part of it, I'm kind of excited to see him debate sports. And I know him and Bayless have a friendship. I, I think the cast is, is good. It'll be entertaining to watch. I, I actually think it's pretty good, too. I'm not like a... I, 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 was, I guess the best way to say it is, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I love watching Skip on TV or love watching Stephen A on TV, but... You know, you have to, and I actually don't think you need the chemistry thing, right? So I go, you need chemistry. Like, no, you're kind of debating. You don't need to um, have super great chemistry. But yeah, I, I kind of think it's more impressive, at least on paper, than what ESPN's throwing out there. Um, I like Marcus Spears a great deal. I think he's really good on TV. He's a smart former football player or whatever. But like, I don't know, Michael Irvin's got a high entertainment factor. Um and uh, yeah, I, I they they recovered quite well, and it's interesting because Shannon's now going over to first take, right? Is that yes, he is. Yeah, they're right? gonna swap, right? So, but Shannon only gets a day on first take, whereas he was every day on Undisputed. I think the hardest part about doing those shows is just the kind of once a week nature. If you're one of the panelists, like I think it's hard to get in a rhythm sometimes uh-huh. with the person you're working with. You know, it's also hard to get up that early. That uh, hard to get up that early once a week. It's yes. easier to get up that early if it's a routine. Yes, you know, and so. Finding that rhythm might be tough early on to figure out kind of the roles that everyone's going to take, and because you know, obviously, you if a lot of topics need multiple days of of debate, and you hear what someone says, and you come back and you counter them, which obviously won't be the case here. But I, I think it's a good lineup. I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tell you this, I will tune in out of out of sort of kind of curiosity early on, at least to see how the the, the all these pairings worked out together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I, the, the, to me, the way it works in my brain is the getting up early thing. Like, if you've ever filled in on a morning show like this one, you know, so when you're in Los Angeles, this is a 6 a.m. show, you're up at 4.15, 4.30, which is fine. If, like, that's your routine, it's not crazy. But if your routine is, <laughs> hey, I get up at 6 every day or 6.30 or 7 every day, and then all of a sudden, on a one, like, if it's a week, it's way better than if it's a one-off. A one-off throws your yes. whole, because then all of a sudden you get to tonight and you're tired at like 8 o'clock, and then you wake up again the next day at 4.30, like, now I have nothing to do. And I love that Kobe Bryant used to work out at 4 in the morning, but I'm not Kobe Bryant, and I'm not playing for the Lakers right now. I am not an early morning workout guy. I don't understand people that, that, that do that. But your, your points, it's, this is the only point about living on the East Coast that actually is helpful for me is morning radio because uh, I'm up early. You know, I get 6 a.m. is is a, a decent time to wake up. I'm not, you know, it doesn't ruin my day. Um, but yeah, the early morning workout stuff, I don't, I never understood that. Did, I, I, I got to tell you, I've, I actually like the morning workout thing. It's, it's one of those, you get it done, you're like, okay, the rest of the day is downhill, it's easy. But it is a... It is a hard thing to do. I will. I one thing you were kind of starting to touch in on was, I think East Coast is way better for sports than West Coast is, and I live on the West Coast and grew up in the West Coast. Watching sports, yes, especially when you have kids wow. your kids' age, because that you know, you're a Pac-12 guy, right? That Pac-12 after dark 
everybody's yeah. asleep. You get to go down in your basement or downstairs and watch, and nobody's bothering you. That, or the <laughs> Sunday night football game, like they're done, nobody's bothering you. I love that part. That's absolutely true, except the hardest part for me with my children is – you know, they're, they're seven and nine. They go to bed at 8, 8.30. I can't really watch a lot of sports during the week with them. And that's kind of like the bummer um, because, you know, games don't start. Like last night didn't start till 8 o'clock. We watched a quarter and my son went to sleep. So other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the quiet house at like 9 o'clock at night. My wife's Amazing. already sleeping after a you know, day at work and I'm just watching football by myself. Um, that is definitely part of it. But again, like, I think it's hard to, to be a sports fan if you're a child on the East Coast because the games, especially if you're a fan of West Coast teams, the games, just you can't watch them. They're just, un, they're like, they're just too late to watch. And well, look, I, I think, I, I will tell you this, I think what you're going to find, and maybe your kids are different, but kids don't watch games nearly as much as we did. Correct. They watch clips. Highlights. They watch yeah. TikTok. They watch Instagram. They watch highlights. It's all in little short, little little bursts. And then they think they know everything because they're like, yeah, but that's not actually real. That's not actually how what took place. But they don't, <laughs> you know, they just don't. And we we feed them more and more short clips and they eat it up like it's soup. They, they like sports, but the idea of getting them, and there are some, and I'm sure we're going to be besieged by tweets. And my son, we watch every game. Like, that's great. I'm telling you in the highest percentage of young people watch less and less games instead watch it in clips because they think that's a lot easier and then they can be on their phone the rest of the time. Or yeah, when they're I'm, watching I'm something, they watch with the phone in their hands and they're like, look, like my, my daughter, she, she's 17. You know, we binge watch shows before her favorite show is Lucifer. I remember I'm watching Lucifer with her and I'm like, you're not even watching the show. She's like, yeah, I am. Like we were on their phone. Like, yeah, I can do both. So I think I've never understood the people at an event that watch the event through their cell phone. Like if, like if you're going to record something, that's great, but like tr- move your head away from the cell phone to like look at live action. Plus, how often does anyone actually go back and watch the video they recorded of the sport? Have you done that? I've recorded this every now and then. I don't go back and watch any of them. No, none of it. None, none of, of it. it. None of it. That's the worst. That's like the, uh, who was it who was sitting front row well, I was just going to say that my one engagement with Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, and I hope we have many in the future, was the day after LeBron hit that shot. And there was that still shot of everybody on their camera except for one old dude in the front. And I just pointed out, you know, thank God for this one old guy for not needing a phone. And Jeff Schwartz was like, dude, that's Phil Knight. That's Phil Knight. Yeah. Phil Knight. There was another yeah. instance of that recently where somebody else, there was another recent thing. I can't remember what it is is where like everybody but one person had their cell phone out i i just what was the purpose of going to the game like what was the purpose of going of of literally what was the purpose if you want to take the selfie that you're at the game when you get there so that you have the proof i was because everybody says i was at that game and you're like approve it like all right here's look look at my instagram but the actual recording of the thing instead of watching with your eyes i don't understand Look, I think I have zero. I think I took zero videos at the Chiefs uh, Niners Super Bowl the entire day. I just, I just like, I'm not gonna. I watch it with my eyes. What am I taking a video for? It's like not. It's, I don't. I just don't get. Like, I don't get going paying two thousand dollars to go sit at Taylor Swift and then watch the, the concert through your phone the entire time. Well, that one people like Facetime other people as like not even a humble brag. Like, yeah, I'm here. And then they put. They just they want to show where they are that they were again. Same thing. They want to show that they were there. 
The only times I've ever recorded at a concert and is when I have friends who couldn't make the concert and you're like, hey, just here's, or friends who are like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go. You know, I don't know. Do I want to go. I'm like, all right, here's what it looks like. Here's what you missed, buddy. You know? That's fair. That, that, that sense, but you're not you're not up with your phone for three and a half hours no. recording the entire concert that you're at. No. Not in any way. No. What would you pay to go see Taylor Swift with one of your children? Um, I can tell you what my brother paid, but yeah. I, I I don't want to divulge because he but we we um, we were hoping for a deal and we end up getting <laughs> he he got good seats, but they were it was a lot. Yeah. Um I, you know, look, I've I've only paid so my I have a daughter who's a rocker, right? Uh, by the way, it's the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan the Danettes. They'll be live in Ireland on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and I think Saturday as well. They'll be doing some content, getting ready for that Notre Dame Navy game. Um, so my daughter's a rocker. So the only times I've, I don't like, I don't really enjoy paying for tickets. I mean, it's part of one of the perks for working for iHeart is figure out a way to not pay for tickets. But I have, and the only times I've paid is for my kids. Um, so we've, I have one who, she's a metal guitar bassist. And so we've been to Primus, um, Les Claypool's amazing, to uh, Goo Goo Dolls, to Iron Maiden, to, I mean, like a ton of different types of shows because of the bassist. Those ones, I'll pay a couple hundred bucks for. Um, I have a, my, her sister is, she just likes the big shows and likes country. So they went out and did stagecoach. And then I took her to Morgan Wallen and, um, I end up picking up the tab for a couple of her friends. Um, and just so she could have like, like, like she, it was, it was, it was like a surprise and like a treat yeah. or whatever. And I think those were a couple hundred bucks, but I'm not paying a grand for a kid to go watch a concert. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. That's not happening. No, no, not so much. But um, uh, as you, as I think people saw, now, Bill Belichick seen himself as a as a Swifty because he went to the concert and then talked about the concert as, at a at a press conference going back two days ago. Speaking of that Notre Dame and Navy game, um, it, it's interesting because so much of the talk of college football is about the conferences expanding or the Pac-12 going away more so than the actual product. Like I would challenge people to be honest with themselves. And with the exception of maybe Caleb Williams, can you name another college football player who doesn't play for your school? Can can I do that? I know you can because yeah. you do Pac-12 radio, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I know you, yeah. I'm not saying you, I'm saying most people. I would say no because right now the quarterback at Georgia is unknown. There's no quarterback at Alabama announced. There's no quarterback at Ohio State announced. I think that's part of the problem. There's not like these outside of, of Drake, Man, Caleb Williams. A lot of the major programs don't have household quarterbacks right now. No, and and because everybody changes places every year or seemingly does with the transfer portal, you don't know. You need name tags on on, on guys. Yes, absolutely. And I actually think we're we're in an era and. Look, I, I'm not. I'm done fighting what I knew would be a reality, which is it's not name, image, and likeness. It's buying players, right? That's all it is. Because if they had name, image, and likeness, well, then you'd know who the hell they were, right? You would have some sense of who they are, and you don't. 
because they're so. But you're still going to watch. You're going to watch Colorado play TCU a week from now on Fox, knowing I don't know who TCU's quarterback is. Do you? I don't know who any of their star players. No. I got to know them last year on their March to a national championship game, and I have outside of Shador San, uh, Sanders, and he's the only one I know at Colorado, and that's because he was Dion's quarterback, and he's Dion's quarterback now at Colorado. Those are the only guy. That's the only guy I know in the game. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, college football though, and college sports though, have always sort of been about the name on the front that rather than the back. Correct. It's not. It's not any different. But now it's even worse because. There are so many players that moving each year. I mean, you got to, and now too, because of the number changes where certain players can wear different numbers now, it makes it even worse when you have guys who change their number each season. Um, it, it is it is tough to build hype if you don't know the name of the quarterback on a lot of the teams. That's part of, I think, why um, the season maybe feels a little different this year. Plus, Georgia's just so good and they have a, the most easiest schedule of all time for a, a champion. Again, there's a lot of, I think just like settling for Georgia winning a third championship in a row, um, which hasn't been done in so many years, and it's hard to do for that exact reason because of complacency and and scheduling, and and there are good teams obviously in, in the SEC. But I think your point about the conference realignment really makes this season um, it, it it's tough to stomach, right? I'm a Pac-12 guy, as you mentioned. Parents are Bruin alums. I went to Oregon. I cover the Pac-12 full time, and this is the best season the Pac-12 on paper has ever had. There's no other season like this. We have four teams with legit playoff aspirations. And then a fifth team in Oregon State who won 10 games last year, who's probably winning 10 again. They upgraded a quarterback this offseason. And my thought is sort of almost, well, what happens next year, obviously, when everyone breaks apart? Like this season has, the, the excitement for the season for me has just gone way down because of the next year's movement where all these teams, even just Oklahoma, Texas are going to, but everyone's just leaving. It's everyone's spreading around the country and, and going to different conferences. This season doesn't feel as much fun as it should be. Well, I would tell you that I, th- I think the whole PAC 12 thing last year was completely fraudulent because you had like five teams at the bottom that were so awful they that, were, yes. that no one lost to them. Correct. So it in- gradually it, it inflated their record. Whereas at a conference, who'd you actually beat? Right. Which is which is well, how you actually figure out if anybody's yeah. really good. They just all beat up on the bad teams. No one lost to any of the bad teams. One, there was one. I actually talked about this yesterday on my show or Monday on my show because um, we were talking about win loss records for this year's teams, and I made the point last year that there was only one game last season in the entire Pac-12 conference where it was a major, major upset, and it was Arizona as a twenty-point underdog beating UCLA in the Rose Bowl. That was it. We didn't have this this year when when the bottom has some upsets and it ruins the top. You're exactly right. There wasn't any of that last season. Yeah, and I, it'll be interesting this year if the bottom is better and it makes the top look not as good because they lose games when the reality is the top's actually pretty good, but the the bottom is better, so it's more competitive. I don't know. I like look the 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 the, the sport needs USC. To get in the college football playoff, but because you, you can't just be. keep, I, I, they won't, like maybe not, whatever. Like you don't, you think they, they won't be. I'm just saying the sport needs it because you need, you need a tent pole school in the West. Otherwise, why would, why would anybody watch, you know, West of the Rocky Mountains? Oh, I'm in a strong agreement with you. I, 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 we, we've seen 
when Oregon and Washington have made the playoffs, the ratings are super high because the, the West Coast actually pays attention to the playoff. Um, and it, I, did, I, I think as good as our conference is this year, we won't have a playoff team again. So we're gonna the same situation is gonna happen when you know the the furthest team you know West is gonna be Michigan in the playoffs. Yeah. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, along with Jeff Schwartz. I'm Doug Gottlieb. So, Jeff, uh, here's my question about the Jets. Yes. Is it going to work? What, what, what does work mean? Well, you know, you? you know the expectations. Expectations are at least playoffs. Um, and then, you know, I mean, is, is, it a, is it a playoff team? Does it, everyone th- thinks, well, they were a quarterback away. Is Now they, they clearly have a quarterback. Um, is it going to work? Um. I think they're 50-50 for the playoffs, and I, I, I don't think in year one they're going to have a magical playoff run. Um, they play in a tough division, as we know. Uh, defensive regression is a thing in the NFL, where one year you're really good, the next year you drop back a little bit. That, that's sort of typically what happens. There's obviously exceptions to that rule um, over the years, but most often there's a little bit of a drop back. Now, obviously, the the upgrade on quarterback can make up for the, the, the drop on defense, but Doug, I don't know if you paid 
paid attention much to them. I know that we sort of all have. Um, their offensive line is a complete wreck right now. And nothing that they do with the quarterback position is going to to make their offensive line magically better. They have a lot of problems on that unit right now. And um, if they can't get that fixed, and, and it could be fixed with as simple as like Dwayne Brown just kind of coming back their left tackle. Dwayne Brown's 39 changes. years old. I know, no, but there's a lot like, of... Well, he'll be fine. Like, he's 39 years... First of all, you're betting on him to be nearly what he has Correct. been at 39. And then you're also betting on him to not get hurt again, whereas we all know the older you get, the more likely you are yeah. to get hurt again. So if, if Dwayne Brown, again, if comes back healthy left tackle that fixes that position allows Makai Becton to go back to right tackle um but there's you know let's talk about moving their best guard right now to back to tackle like if their offensive line can't play well they're not going to do very well this season and Rodgers is older is going to be getting hit a little bit he's not as mobile as he used to be again once you get older to your point you stop moving as well and that to me is a huge concern um and in a division where I think Miami is really, 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 really going to be good this season. They add Vic, uh, Vic Fangio, uh, defense coordinator, very underrated awesome. addition to this uh, to this Dolphins team. I think with the with the players they have on defense. If Tua stays healthy, the offense we saw last year are going to be really good. I I think the Patriots are better than people want to give them credit for. They have a real offensive coordinator now, a real a real one. Last year they had an, an offensive line coach and, and a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach calling plays on offense. That's not how it works. They have a real offensive coordinator and a real defense. Like They're going to be good. The Jets have a tough schedule. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to see a lot of as much success as they hope. I think they're fighting for a wild card berth, and they're losing that wild card round. They game. open up. I don't know if you've seen their schedule. Oh, it's bad. Right? They open up Bills on Monday Night Football at home, at Dallas against Cowboys, Patriots at home, defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, also at home. They go to Denver, take on the Broncos. Of course, we know they'll be a you know because of the coaching change there, and their offensive coordinator was the head coach there. Then they got Eagles, Giants on the Giants, Chargers. Before they go, to the Raiders, then back to the Bills. Like man, that is. Give me the Falcons early in the season. Give me the Cardinals early in the season. Let's welcome in Kerry Rhodes. He joins us, of course. Uh, he played safety for the Jets and the Cardinals, and he joins us here on the Dan Patrick Show. Um, Kerry, give me your 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 sense. Everyone's talking about the offensive line. How problematic is that going to be early on in the season? Well, it is problematic. What's up, What's up, Doug and Jeff? Uh, yeah, it's problematic, but it's um, one of those things where when you get a veteran quarterback, a lot of times you're able to mask, mask some of those things. So I'm sure they know that the line has sucked throughout training camp so far. And, I mean, we've heard that from Salah on hard, hard knocks, right? But at the end of the day, when you bring in a veteran guy, I mean, you can look at those Tom Brady teams in New England. Uh, there was years where that offensive line wasn't great either or even really, really good. But being able to mix-match those guys and put them in the best positions to be successful and a quarterback that knows the offense the way that Tom did, it's the same situation that's coming here with Hackett coming back to, to the Jets. So you have a familiarity with all your, hot, all your hot reads, all your hot routes, all your checks. And so, you know, Aaron knows that he's going to get rid of the ball quick early and they're going to run the ball. And I think that patchwork line will get them – Get them through that confidence of those first first couple of games where it's tough, and they'll be right in the thick of it as, as it moves on. Nate Hackett has not been a good offensive coordinator. The the the, the numbers back it up. Um, yeah. What changes with, with Aaron Rodgers? Just that he has Aaron Rodgers now and he becomes something that he hasn't been? Or do you think there's still some question marks about his ability to lead a, a successful offense? Oh, 
going to be question marks for sure after leaving the situation he left last year and, and it being such a such a mess. I mean, uh, for lack of better words, but I mean, the success that Hackett's have with with Aaron. I mean, obviously that speaks for itself. The familiarity helps, and Aaron being able to have a situation where you know he's comfortable and being able to go to the line and put them in the best possible play. Because you know, a lot of times when you have veteran guys, you're not just going to the line with one play call. And you know, in the situation last year, I'm sure. They didn't have that same flexibility with Russell Wilson. So I'm looking at the familiarity here uh, being being a real, real, real big positive. And, yes, he hasn't had success in the last few years, but with Aaron Rodgers, he, he has. Okay, Kerry, uh, I have a question here, and maybe, Jeff, you can hop in as well, okay? So yeah. I get, Kerry, what you're saying. Like, look, um, you go up to the line of scrimmage, you, you, you run this offense, you know it like the back of your hand, you know right. all the options, Okay, you're exactly. super familiar with it, which is really yeah. comforting to a quarterback, right? You know the protections, yeah. you know the lingo, nothing has changed. It's great. Right. What about the rest of those guys though? They don't do they do they have the same level of comfort when you're making changes? I think they do. I mean, I think that's why Aaron came in to all the OTAs and all the mini camps where where he hasn't done that in the past, right? I'm sure he knew that that was going to be a big emphasis for them guys going into the season. I mean, the the chain of communication, I'm sure, has been open throughout this whole process. So Aaron, you know, showing that he's been such a, a, a great leader in this situation with the Jets has been very promising. And seeing him go early, I'm sure they've gone through a lot of these things. And they're going through all the tape. And that's what the preseason is for, Doug. You know, I mean, so, I mean, these guys are going to work it out. And, I'm, like I said, I, I mean, I know I sound like a fan right now. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, yeah, Aaron's not going through a situation where he, he, he doesn't think he's going to have a chance to succeed. So, him pouring all his leadership skills into this situation and knowing, you know, the best possible outcome is for them all to be together and work, work at this thing. He's done a great job of that. So I see them all being on the same page. Some of the issues with Aaron Rodgers' offense the last couple of years is kind of the, uh, you know, the locking on a wide receiver, kind of choosing favorites. Right. D- does that does that sort of just stop with a new team, or is that something you think he still has to kind of work through as he kind of finds himself with a new roster? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, when you have a guy like Devontae Adams, you're gonna you're gonna throw the ball at that guy. You know what I mean? So there's some guys that kind of break the mold, break the rule when it comes to, to keying in on guys. But I think in this situation, he does like Jared Wilson a lot. But I think he's gonna spread the ball around, huh? and I I know that because of the other signings they brought in. Right? They brought in some familiarity again. That that word with some of his guys from Green Bay, and so he will have outlet guys to go to, and they will know the text. Right? So. You also not just bringing in the quarterback that though. You're bringing in, you know, Lazar. You're bringing in the Cobb. These people know the offense as well. So the communication is going to be open, and it's going to be a chance for them all to really learn this thing and, and hit and hit the road and hit, and hit the ground running. Um, in in all in full disclosure, I am a Rodgers fan, right? I've always okay. Okay. I, I've been I've been the Rodgers defender for years, right? Yeah. But I'm also I, I also know that he does have a tendency when things don't go well. To not have the greatest body language in the world, right? And that, yeah. and, and yeah. teams, people feed off that. Like it's, it's the old your body language screams what you're really thinking and, and feeling. Yeah. Um, I just, I wonder this, this kind of mythical idea of going out and trading for David Bakhtiari, who the Packers yeah. are like, dude, we're not trading our best <laughs> linemen when we think we're pretty good, and it like that. It just seems so. I don't know. To me, that that's the man. He doesn't like this offensive line thing at all. That's what it screams to me. And if yeah. he starts getting hit, like that's when the when the bad Aaron comes out. That's that's what I fear, Kerry. 
is that yeah. everything's hunky-dory now when there's no adversity. You start getting hit. No quarterback likes getting hit, especially when they're 39. And Aaron is somebody whose body language can change dramatically when when things aren't going the way he wants. Yeah, I don't like to get bumped, and, bumped and when I'm walking through a crowd. So, no, when you're 39, you don't want to get hit as a quarterback for sure. And, I, and you're right, Doug. You're um, – you know that that stuff is true about him. I mean, you can't you can't uh, you can't hide the fact that that's that's the truth. But I also think, again, it, well, from what it seems like, I can't say I think, but from what it seems like, you know, he has this refreshed attitude about all this, and I know he knows that I, all eyes are on him. He's going to be sure. on his best best behavior right now. But yeah, when 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 the thing when the fire hits the fan, we'll see. Uh, I, I think that um, he really wants to go in there and win and prove that he can do it outside of. Outside of Green Bay, and he has this chip on his shoulder. And we, you know, once you know, see guys like Joe Montana in his old, old in the in the '90s when he left San Fran. Nobody really thought he was going to do much in Kansas City. He took that team to the playoffs. Sure. And I mean, I think I think it's AFC Championship. AFC Championship. So, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 So I mean, there. No. I see it playing out similar to that. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I can see a world in which I, I think all of this was triggered, honestly, when Tom Brady came in and beat them in Green Bay. You know, and he and it's like his first year, and he takes off his helmet. He looks like a million bucks. Aaron Rodgers looks like you know he's been he's been in Alaska for years, you know, like all worn and weathered. And he's like, "What am I doing here? I, w- I want out." Let, let me go around the league. Long, let, let me let me uh, let, let me go around the league a little bit. We we got a chance to see uh, Washington and Baltimore last night, and yeah. we're going crazy over Baltimore, Zay Flowers, and Odell Beckham Jr. But it's yeah. it's the old idea of we're gonna are we gonna turn Lamar Jackson into a pocket passer? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Does that work in your mind? I think it works. Uh, the one thing about Lamar that a lot of people kind of I mean gloss over or seem to forget is he was in a pro style office at Louisville, right, with Petrino. And I mean, obviously, I went to Louisville, so I got to see those guys a lot. I, I went to see them in training camp. I saw them early in the season. And obviously the design runs were flashy, and that was part of what they did as well. But Petrino runs a pro-style offense. And so being able to make reads and make throws and read the field is part, part of his package. But, you know, I think the one thing that Baltimore did, they did two things. Number one, they, they built the offense around a player and his talents, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. that's part of maturity. That's part of, of being a, a really good coach in this league, being able to adapt to your best players and put them in a position to, to succeed. But – at a point, there becomes a, a moment where you have to adjust again. People are going to start adjusting to what you do as well. So sure. they didn't do that with, with Roman. And now you get a chance with Monken to have uh, a, new, a, a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideas, and also build around the players that you have now. And the players they have now are guys that can get open at the receiver position. So, I mean, don't, don't put it past Lamar being able to read the field and make passes because he, because he can we had a discussion earlier about kind of the practice style now and the playing reps in the preseason. Yeah. We've kind of noticed that older coaches play their players um, and yeah. younger coaches don't in the preseason. Is there a preferred method, you think, to getting ready? Because I know you played an era, so did I, yeah. when you played in the preseason. And now we see younger coaches that don't play players that feels like they need the preseason reps. So Justin Fields and, and Anthony Richards, yeah. even Lamar's not playing at all in this offense, in this brand-new offense in the preseason. Yeah, you need to play a little bit. I'm from the old school, too. I think uh, the, the sweat equity that comes with playing and just, you know, the, the callus that comes from playing, like, you need that. And I, I know, like, you see all these guys having these, these long season-ending in, in injuries, and 
know, having these, uh, you know, injuries that keep, that are keeping them away from the game for such a long time. Obviously, you want to protect them, and and that makes sense from the outside looking in. But once you're in it, you you have to go through the wars. You have to go through the battles. Your body has to get adjusted to playing aggressive type of football. And I think they're they're stunting these kids and, and not giving them a chance to be successful by not letting them go out there and just get some reps. I mean, even when I was playing, I mean, I came in as a as a rookie in 2005 as a starter. I mean, we still would play at least two or three series or two series. Just get your, you know, just get your feet wet and, and, and start being able to see the game and see the field from, you know, from that perspective when you're not hitting each other. So I definitely believe in you have to play a little bit. Yeah. Gary, we just want to hit somebody. Let's just be honest. Right? <laughs> Once I need to hit somebody. Right? That first hit, you're like, whoo, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's. Let's go. Kerry Rhodes, you can hear him on weekends here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, play for the Jets, play for the Cardinals. It was a good one. Really good on radio as well. Kerry, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Jeff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like I'm on my uh, skating rink in Orange in the 1980s, right? What was that dance club at Knott's Berry Farm? Was that Cloud Nine? Did you go there? I never went to Cloud Nine. Uh, wasn't there one at Disneyland? My my brother and sister used to belong to the one at uh, used to go to the one at Disneyland. So this is a real thing, Jeff. You grew up in the Valley, right? And you're younger. You're younger up, even than me. I grew up in West LA. Whatever, close enough. Same thing. The Valley in West LA. All right, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. 
So in Orange County, where I grew up, uh, by the way, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Jeff is Jeff Schwartz. I'm Doug Gottlieb. No, this is we're not trying to make a minion here. It's not too live Jew, but it could be. Anyway, he grew up in West L.A. West L.A. is where UCLA is. Um, it's where all the rich people live. Um, that's it. And, Nailed and, it. That, that's it, right? Nailed it, yeah. Uh, there you go. Anyway, rich people, <laughs> rich people, Hollywood types. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Whereas I grew up with the real people in Orange County, Orange, California. Anyway, so there used to be, and Jay Stu's a North Orange County guy. He's Brea. Uh, I'm Central Orange County, Orange. And there used to be these like teen dance clubs at Knott's Berry Farm and at Disneyland in an effort to get, because teens didn't used to want to go there. It wasn't cool, and it made it kind of cool, and it was like a safe place you could drop off your kids, and it was like a club, but, you know, without the without the blow and all the other stuff <laughs> that go on yeah. in West L.A., for example, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that was me as a kid. Yeah, right, the, I mean, I, I understand that the reason you were, in fact, a tight end, but it was the cocaine problem when you were a kid, which led you to have to recoup, go to rehab, yes. come back, be a, be a lineman, right? Exactly, yes. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. Anyway, Jay Stu, did you go to the, the one at, at Knott's Berry Farm? That was the one that I hung out at. I think that was uh, maybe more on my budget, Knott's yeah. Berry Farm, and it got real sketchy at night. Yes. This is the the you know the eighties. It still gets a little sketchy now with the Not Scary Farm when you get late at night, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's there's 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 a lot of sketch there as well. Um, speaking of Southern California, isn't it weird how USC has changed? Right to to, to those of us who grew up here, that used to be the school that. You know, B's and C's got you to USC degrees, right? And now it's an incredibly difficult school to go get into. Um, they named a new uh, um, athletic director yesterday. Yes. Jennifer Cohen comes in. She's from, she was at the University of Washington. I, I, like you cover the Pac 12. I talked to some other athletic directors. Everybody likes and respects her. She did a, she had to make a quick change at, at, in football coach. That's worked. Right, basketball hasn't really worked, but overall, athletic department I think is doing well. What do you think of the hire? Yeah, the basketball hire hasn't worked, but I think that it was the right hire at the time, right? And there was there had, was some success uh, success early on with with Hopkins. I love the hire because. Um, it's one of those where we're not going to find out four years later that there were issues at Cincinnati with, you know, we're watching this case with the way that her management style and um, anything, you know, that, that happened otherwise, right? Everyone that has worked with her um, has only positive things to say. She's done an absolutely fabulous job at Washington. She raised money for a stadium, um, from stadium renovations. She hired Kaylin DeBoer. I think Washington fans are really worried that if Lincoln Riley leaves the NFL at some point, that their coach which will be at USC, but it's it's a hire that you make that winning programs make, right? That winning athletic departments make. I think she'll do a fabulous job there. She's not. There's no scandals coming up. They didn't hire a former USC person, which I didn't do with Mike Bone either. Um, but I think it was it was a it was a very solid hire that um, you won't have any problems with. Okay, so now that we think there's some settling, right, in the college football landscape, let's take out Cal and Stanford are screwed. And, you know, they just are. There's just yeah. no other way. So they're obviously, it, it's going to hurt. I mean, I, I don't know what that world looks like for Cal and Stanford. Um, as well as Oregon State and Washington State, the guess is that there's some sort of Mountain West, Pac-12 combination, agreement, whatever. Um, take those ones out of it. Of the ones that joined the new conferences, 
who benefits the most, who benefits the least? Well, who benefits the most are the TV networks. Uh, no, because- I mean the schools. Nobody cares about the TV networks. <laughs> well, they, I mean, just sitting there going like, hey, good for Fox, huh? Let's oh, yeah, go so up you, top. I mean, you asked who benefits. I would argue that that no one benefits the schools. I, I mean, That's Oklahoma, Texas now. Oklahoma. Well, it, okay, I mean, it, Col- for, for Colorado, game changer. Lifesaver for them. Right, because okay. it gets them into Texas where they can actually get players. Oh, all right. It, so it, this it's, is a more, it's a league Doug. they can be more competitive in. Sure. The Pac-12 hasn't been great until the last couple of seasons. They could have been competitive otherwise. They, they, they had one good – they've, by the way, had the worst record in the Pac-12 conference since they joined. It's, that's not a, a – they can recruit Texas if they want now. That, that's such, that's, that talking point to me, programs that are, that are, that are national – like the brand of Colorado with Colorado Dion. Colorado is not a national brand, they dude. Sh- now, now listen, some with of it Dion is changed. They are now. Some of it is changed. Yes. With, yes. I, said, I just said that. With yes. Dion, they are. Yes. They should be able to recruit Texas without playing in the Big 12. No, but now um, they play in Texas. Now, look, it doesn't matter. As, location doesn't matter as much now because kids don't come because of any other reason other than how much money you're going to give me. Right? That's the real, like. That's most of it, but not always. Not sure. always. Yeah, it's, would, it's also, do you play? Can you come back home? Do you play? You know, yeah. chance to play, style of play, all that stuff. But it's at the end of the day, they're going where they're going to get the most money, and then the other things sure. factor in. I, okay, so I, I was not thinking about the Big Twelve. I was thinking about more of the SEC and Big Ten movement. In in the for the Big Twelve, I think Arizona will benefit from this. I think Colorado, as you mentioned, going and just playing in, in the Big Twelve. I, I no one has talked about this very much. I think, but Utah immediately becomes the best football program in the Big Twelve. Um, huh? Who's better than Utah in the Big Twelve? I mean, I, immediately. I mean, I, yes. don't, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that. Now, look, what they have is they've been able to. They've also been able to recruit Southern California well. Does that change? Um, Utah and, is, and, has better players than they've ever. Yes, had they had now. better. They had better players then. Are you going to be able to continue to get better players when you have more well-funded programs? Right. The difference yes. in the the difference in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is the level of funding and commitment to what used to be facilities and now to NIL. Right. Utah. Yeah, that, that, that's. I mean, how do you think TCU uh, uh, got uh, so good? They went uh, out and bought a really good team. Sure, but they have to do that year after year. Right. And do. they have and they have the money and they Utah, have the commitment to it. Whereas Cal and Stanford correct. wouldn't do it. Oregon State and Washington Utah, State couldn't do it. The difference in Utah, specifically to them, is they are now getting all the players from Utah that are four and five star kids that sure. they never used to get, and right. that's a big. And, and the Big Twelve is not coming into Utah and taking those players from from Utah. Um, I, I think Utah, Colorado, Arizona. I think Arizona State's a neutral for me of those movements into I'm, the Big Twelve. I'm going to tell you who the biggest loser is, and it's going to surprise you. All right, that's coming up next. Plus, what do we see from Monday Night Football? It might surprise you as well. That's next in the Dan Patrick Show. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.